Knoxville is the home of the dumpster upon which they've created a fire. <laughs> <laughs> no way. You can't make this shit up, I swear. Sorry, Carter. Welcome to My Got A Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I preview Georgia's matchup with Tennessee. We talk through what we're looking for in the game, and we answer questions from you, our listeners. As always, remember to check out the newly redesigned MyGotAPodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at MyGotAPodcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxiatime, at Oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. Another trip to Rocky Top, JP, on the way. God, I hate Tennessee. <laughs> especially, especially now, <laughs> especially now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I would, I would be perfectly fine if we sent those mountain yokels back to, back to Tennessee, back to their homes with a massive, massive L, just like we did with Ole Miss. Just also, just set the place on fire while, on our way out. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, well, for the occasion, I did get a a Tennessee whiskey. Okay, so I've I've got uh, Uncle Nearest eighteen fifty six tonight. Excellent. Um, I went with the the same the same one that I had uh, last week because it worked out so well. Um, which also was a um a Tennessee a Tennessee whiskey jute joint whiskey. Um, it's made in made in Memphis. Uh, the the Blue Note uh, store pick. It's uh it's worked out quite well uh these last few few days um or last few, last few weeks um I did however mix a little bit of eliteness into it to make it a little bit more um less Tennessee if if we will got it got it the uh what was that for those for those that don't know that's the that's the infinity bottle I poured a little bit of infinity bottle in here okay. which okay. incidentally has a little bit of maple leaf flavor in it right now. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm getting low on my uh Knob Creek maple uh when that goes into the infinity bottle. It's gonna change it significantly. Yes, it does. Uh it's 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 quite nice. Nice. This is a nice a nice it's it's like the infinity bottle bottle is on fall vibes right now. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I can't do that. I can't do that knob creek maple maple like by itself. I have to mix it with something. Yeah. It has to be blended. Yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good cocktail mixer. Um, it's also pretty good for, you know, kind of sweetening up something or giving something a little bit more of a, a mapley flavor that, um, you know, you want you want to jazz up something. Right, right. Uh, I, um, John, I still am upset about the fact that we're playing this game this time of year. Uh, this should be played in October. <laughs> and we should be pre- previewing Georgia Auburn right now. Uh, make it make sense, please. <laughs> you're 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 much uh, you're much more on the on the uh, the scheduling uh, the scheduling side of things than than I am. I I mean it's it's fine it's fine for me. <laughs> yeah, I like I, the tradition. I like the tradition, but it is what it is. Like I can't change anything about it. Yeah, you can't. We can't do anything about it. You, as we, long we as we're still it. playing them, you know, if you if you. Next year, if you're telling me we're not playing them, then I might have a, a little bit more to say about it. But true, fair, and I guess n- next year we we don't know timing of anything yet, so we'll see. 
Who knows? Uh-huh. They could go back back to quote normal uh, next I'm year. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that you're probably gonna be pissed off. Probably play Auburn in September or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably they'll probably do something done like that. Yeah. Oh man. Well, yeah. I don't know, dude. Uh, that I don't know. I, I was just I was thinking about that earlier earlier today because I was texting uh, with my buddy Jeff about um, today is 20 years since the uh, remember the Sean Jones uh, scoop and score. Um, it was like 95 yards scoop and score into at Tennessee back in 2003. Um, so that was 20 years ago, not to the day, obviously. So it was more than, tw- I guess, a little bit more than 20 years ago. Uh, we, we were texting about that, but we were just laughing because we actually watched that game like on my parents' deck, uh, when they still lived in Roswell. So we'd gone over to their house or watched that. And I, I sent on the clip today because I got posted on Twitter. I was like, Hey, remember we were watching this on my parents' deck? Uh, it was good times. And you know, cause you could watch games outside because it wasn't as cold. Cause it was October, but, um, one of, uh, that was a great, uh, a great Munson call back then for that one. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I, I, it, it's kind of crazy. Like you look back on that, like the, the players that were there, like, I just, I didn't feel like that was that long ago. You look back on some of these, you look back on some of these videos and it's like, man, it just doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but the video makes it feel like you're, it's like 1940. Well, it's because it's in like it's because like it's in standard definition. Exactly. <laughs> there wasn't HD yet. What's going on here? Yeah, uh, seriously. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so Blount right. College. We're playing yeah. Blount College. All That's right. right. That's right. That's right. Well, we can we can hop into the matchup. Uh, so we got uh, the dogs and the balls. Three uh, thirty kickoff on Saturday, Nayland Stadium. Um, Seats a lot of people, 101,915 uh, is the capacity in Knoxville. Uh, the dogs obviously coming in at 10 and 0, 7 and 0 in the SEC. Tennessee coming in at 7 and 3, uh, 3 and 3 in the SEC. Um, as we are recording a day later than we tend to, uh, the CFP poll is out, uh, and now the dogs are unanimous. Number one in the AP poll, the coaches poll, and the college football playoff. Uh, Tennessee is ranked 20, 21, 19, and then they are 18th in the new um, poll, in the playoff poll. Um, much for... to much to Kirby Smart's chagrin, I'm sure he's going to be getting asked a bunch of questions about that. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, well, that's what that's what happens when you hang a 50 burger on a top 10 team. <laughs> you jump to number one. Apparently, all we had to do was beat someone, beat someone by like forty points, and, <laughs> and just get everything, get everything squared away. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, soak it in. The doesn't last. That, doesn't what? that kind of showcase? Doesn't that kind of showcase just how full of crap this is? Like this is basically the same team. Like we had one one game that we like just blew the doors off, and it just happened to be right right before the you know, the most recent votes or whatever. Like had that had that game happened earlier in the season, do you think that we would have been ranked number one in the country? Like you know what I mean? That that, that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh yeah, I, I think everyone was kind of waiting to see you know look we talked about like we were we were comparing, you know, uh beginning of the season this year Georgia to end of season last year Georgia, right? And it's like where's that team that blew out TCU? And it's like, well, you know, that team wasn't doing that early early in the season either. So I think it's on a similar this team is on a similar trajectory as last season's was. Um, so yeah, dude, I agree. I mean, it's all for all the things that they throw into it. Clearly uh, the eye test plays a lot into it because I mean, that's the difference. I mean, yeah, I know you can say it was another quality win, but let's be real. It's, 
it was the eye test of Georgia just absolutely smoking somebody. Um, yes, yeah. You, you so, tra- looking at the, like the the EPA and all that stuff, like going going up to the right. Which, by the way, I did I did. It's expected points added is what EPA means. Yes, I saw. So I saw that I, back to the last episode. I saw that graphic that Josh had posted like right after we were done. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it basically uh, just it basically just just confirms everything that you probably have felt as a fan uh, about this team, like basically just getting better and better and better. Right, right. Um, but yeah, man. So so get in last uh, regular season game uh, on CBS. Um, so this is the last time we will, we'll be hanging out with, with Brad and Gary and Jenny Dell, um, and have that glorious CBS theme song. We'll have it for the SEC championship game, but last regular, last regular season game. I could see the look on your face, John last yes. regular season game with these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we will have the SEC championship yet to go. Um, <clears throat> the official hashtag is hashtag UGA versus Tennessee. I'll set a reminder, although that apologies to John Michael D they didn't do me a whole lot of good last week. Um, but I won't be in the stadium. So hopefully I'll actually see my reminder this time <laughs> to tweet the official <laughs> hashtag. Um, Funny, it's like back to the, it's like back, uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventures. Like, <laughs> don't forget to set your reminder. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <I> <laughs> um, let's see all time series history. Uh, Georgia leads the series 27, 23 and two. Um, so, you know, not, not, a, not a lot of history with these guys is not as much as I guess you would tend to think. Um, and then the last yeah, meeting, no. obviously dogs won 27 to 13 last year in Athens. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's relatively like prior to 92 and, you know, it's pretty much, you know, not, not, not much action going on. Matter of fact, Tennessee's biggest rival is, is Kentucky. Mm. On like number of uh, games yeah, played like against the numbers, yeah. The, yeah, the number of games that they played against each other. So yeah, it it is weird for founding SEC members to have not have, especially being Tennessee. It, it always seems weird. It, it always feels like that number can't be right, but there it is. There it is. Um, let's see weather. Look, it'll be be a little cool. So if you're going, uh, you know, bring a jacket. So uh, high of 57, a kickoff, uh, but it's going to dip down into the 40s uh, during the game. So it'll be a little brisk over there on the river. Uh, in Knoxville. So uh, dress accordingly. Dress accordingly. Make sure you bring a fire starter. <laughs> and like <laughs> mustard and golf balls or something. Um, all right, JP, you got it. What do you got for us this week in the uh, in the realm of fun facts? All right. Realm of fun facts. Um, all right. So a couple of things that might explain why they are the way that they are. <laughs> um okay so tennessee is actually I, I i know for a fact that i didn't talk about this in in, in a past episode so you know me I'm, I'm like trying to find things that are are relatively new new to the to the listeners from from past past episodes so tennessee is not too far from a little town called oak ridge tennessee do you know what oak ridge tennessee is famous for um was that the uh the uh like the rocket stuff close um oppenheimer um oh, okay. It, it, okay it is it is where the manhattan project where a big part mm-hmm. of the manhattan project came came to be um it was a it was a popular it's it's known as the atomic city so it's it's basically 25 miles west of downtown knoxville um i think that there might be something to the whole you know radiation you know the the proximity to government testing etc on mm. why Tennessee is the way that they are. 
mm-hmm. um, a little bit, a little, little, eh, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 makes sense. Checks out. <laughs> there are a few cards short of a full deck kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I came across that in, in this year's, in this year's kind of research was that they were, they were very close proximity to where we were testing, uh, atom bombs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have another, uh, Knoxville based fun fact, um, that you are going to love dear listener. Uh, okay. There's a, there's a gentleman by the name of George Roby Dempster. Does that name sound familiar at all? It's not. Not to me. Perhaps, no. Like the last name might might help with this one, but that's like a that's like a hint. So George Roby Dempster was the former mayor of Knoxville. Um, this gentleman is known for one of his biggest creations, the dumpster. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Knoxville is the home of the dumpster upon which they've created a fire. <laughs> <laughs> No way. You can't make this shit up. I swear. Sorry, Carter. Uh, that's, not, that's, that's not real. You're making this up. No, he's he's the, he's the inventor of the dumpster. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> uh, nice. You want are you you want to you want to fact check me on this one? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I believe you. I'm good. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dumpster fire originated in uh, originated in Knoxville. Um, let's see some other fun facts. Uh, uh, famous, famous alumni, um, Kurt Vonnegut, uh, famous writer, Dolly mm-hmm. Parton, Dolly Parton, um, who is apparently now going to, to the, to the game, which the Kirby was unaware of, but now is yeah, yes. um, Ma- made aware during the press conference. He was made aware during the press conference. He was like, didn't know she was coming. <laughs> um, but he did say, yeah, I know who she is. I think it kind of went back to the, he did like a callback to the Miley Cyrus joke. And he was like, oh, I right, do know right. who Dolly Parton is. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, Tennessee, uh, I think I, I mentioned it earlier. Um, they are, they were originally known as Blount College, um, which struggled um, and, and eventually was rechartered and rolled into uh, what is now known as the the university system. Of Tennessee, and they are, in fact, a UT Knoxville. They are not a UT. They are UT Knoxville. So much like our our, our previous opponent, UT Chattanooga, these are UT Knoxville. So yes, you can forever refer to them as UT Knoxville. And I I know that's been like a recurring joke uh, away since last Saturday th- this season, but I I will say like in like the message board space for years. I know people have always said UTK and I, I, I had to figure that out years ago, why people always said that. So that has been around for a while. Yes. Either way. Um, it's still funny. It is. It is. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, a couple other fun facts about uh, Knoxville, just in general. Um, there was a world's fair that was held there uh, a while back. Cherry Coke was, was first unveiled. Um, at at a, at a World's Fair in uh, in Knoxville, in I believe 1982. I can't remember. I think um, I, I lost the page that I had that up on. Um, they're also Close enough. <laughs> he's rolling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other the other the other soda beverage that uh, that Knoxville is known for that Tennessee is known for is uh, Mountain Dew, 
Mountain Dew mm-hmm. was was first created there, which I did remember talking about that before. That was invented in 1940. Okay. Um, another fun fact before we get into Hasty's Hergert history. Um, well, I, I take that back. I lied. I, I got two more fun facts. Uh, one one fun fact: uh, technically, Knoxville is an international port. Um, mm. You can actually get to the Gulf of Mexico down the Tennessee River. So, okay, um, that's kind of a a fun fact for a, a landlocked uh, state um, such as Tennessee. The other the other fun fact: um, Knoxville um, ha- is known as the cradle of hell. Oh, wait, hold on. Nope, that's a typo. It is the cradle of country music. <laughs> it's it's famous it's famous for for fostering the as we mentioned dolly parton um there's a, a number of of country artists that uh, spent their um you know their 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 former formative years in uh, in knoxville um elvis presley was among them dolly parton uh roy acuff um and then You've got the Everly Brothers that, that spend a lot of time there. Um, and then there is, um, yeah, there's just a, there's just a, a little bit of history there, you know, kind of similar to Nashville uh, mm. for, for there being, um, you know, country music. Got it. Nice. Nice. Those are the brief, those are the briefish fun facts um, before we get into Jason Hastie's cargo history. Okay. Uh, okay. What, what were you going to say something? Oh no, no, I'm you're okay. good. All right, here we go. This is Jason's entry for UT uh for the Georgia versus UT Knoxville game. <laughs> Georgia fans remember the safety that wasn't from the 2022 domination of Tennessee, Jalen Carter sack of Hendon Hooker in the Sanford in, in the Sanford Stadium end zone that was inexplicably ruled to not be a safety. This wasn't the only controversial play in the in the Georgia Tennessee series. Georgia coached by George Gordon Saucy. Saucy. I'm assuming it's Saucy. Saucy. Yeah. I like Saucy. He's quite saucy. <laughs> uh, Georgia coached by George, Gordon Saucy uh, met Tennessee in Knoxville on the late afternoon of November 11th. So there you go, Jim. November. Mm, no. Okay. 18, 1899. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just no, saying. you got me. You got me. <laughs> 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 the late afternoon is important in this case because after being given three chances by the referee J.A. Pierce to kick a field goal from the Georgia goal line, Tennessee led five to nothing. Touchdowns and field goals were each worth five points in 1899. Amazing. In the second half, Georgia was driving for a potential tying score, but the referee suddenly declared the game over because of darkness. Georgia's captain, William Ritchie, disputed this ruling because he and the Georgia team could see very clearly, but the game was declared over and with Tennessee being the winner. Richie had already threatened to sue the Tennessee team for breach of contract and had declared that Georgia team was playing the second half of the game under protest, both because of the officiating, uh, under protest, both because of the officiating. It's important to note, it's important to note that the referee, J.A. Pierce, was also Tennessee's head football coach. Dude, can you imagine? Like seriously, like what, what's going on with that? I don't, even, I, I don't understand. Like I, I, these games would have ended in like riots. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. Okay, uh, on October twenty fourth, nineteen oh eight, Branch Bocock, Georgia's head coach, took the team to Knoxville. Georgia rushed the ball near to the Tennessee goal line, but there, according to John Stegman, 
in the ghost of Purdy Field. The players unpiled and the spectators swarmed around. When Georgia's quarterback, Johnny Northcutt, got to his feet, he found himself face-to-face with a grizzled mountaineer in a green frock coat and a four-gallon hat. Sanford, that's uh, Stedman Sanford. Man, a lot of a lot of big big Georgia names in this in this one in this week's one. Yeah, Sanford, who was close by, was sure the man was full of sour mash. With one hand on the Tennessee on the Tennessee and fingered a thirty-eight caliber pistol, and with the other he pointed to the goal line. The first man that crosses that line, he drawled, will get a bullet in his carcass. On the next play, Georgia rather sensibly fumbled, and the game ended with a 10 to nothing Tennessee victory. I mean, I feel like Tennessee was uh, definitely living by the, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying back then by either a having your coach be the referee or B uh, having your fans literally hold the other team at gunpoint to prevent them from scoring. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess even in 1908, it just means more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, when uh, I emailed Jason, when we got these in, I was like, I, I was like, I think this might be the, the best one yet. <laughs> this is the wildest one to me that things like this happened. It's that's things like nuts. this happened. Yeah. Like this, this is uh, our, our, our game, our game as it's currently played today has come a long way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes me not be quite as upset about some of the things that we see these days. At least you don't yes. have fans with, yeah, you know, doing these things. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Like Jasper was down. Hold on. Let me get my gun. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I just marched out of the stadium angry. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, amazing. And then yeah. he sent he sent some links to uh the like I mean the red and black articles from from that mm. time period were were kind of were kind of wild. Like holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll put those links in there and then uh if you're if you've been watching on YouTube you, you were able to see uh some pictures of those of those teams as well. Um so we we add a little extra uh, interactive stuff on the on the YouTube version just FYI. So thank you Jason again. Uh for submitting uh, Hasty's Hargrid history. Fun stuff. All right. Uh, you ready to hit the news and notes, John? Let's hit it. All right. So first up, basketball minute. Uh, Fletcher, this is for you. Uh, Georgia basketball beat Wake Forest on Friday. Um, actually, I left that out. My I was able to watch that game with my parents uh, when they were here last Friday. It's pretty sweet. Um, I had a bit of a big lead and then held on uh, to dear life late as Wake Forest like, missed a three uh, right at the end of the game that would have tied it, um, but also beat North Carolina Central on Sunday. Uh, next up, Georgia is playing in the Bahamas, uh, in the Baja Mar Hoops Bahamas Championship. Um, so playing against Miami uh, on Friday at 3.30. Um, and then it looks like they're guaranteed two games. So pending the results of the Kansas State-Providence game and the results of Georgia-Miami, they'll play the winner or the loser. Um on Sunday. And if you want to watch that, you can catch any of those any of those games on the CBS Sports Network. So, um they I don't know, they, they look uh Georgia basketball looks much improved from last season. I'll say that. Um I'm I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping that they they continue that upward trend because that would be nice to have yeah, uh, man, some, something something to get us through the the winter months. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so for Kirby's press conference, um, we've since had two, um, just a couple of player um, injury updates. So on Julian Humphrey, who we know left uh, the Ole Miss game, um, Kirby said it's an upper body injury that hopefully we're able to get him back from. Um, so I don't like that hopeful word. Um, and then also similar on Warren Brinson. Um, so Brinson had like a, has like a calf pull or calf strain. Mm. Um, and Kirby said, we are hoping to get him back. 
Um, so Kirby back at it uh, with the hopeful stuff. So I would not expect to see either of those guys this weekend based on that. Was was Brinson out? Uh, did he go out of the game, or mm-hmm. is that is that a recent development? I don't remember that one. Yeah, he left. He left during the Ole Miss game. Okay. So, or yeah, <sighs> whatever it was happened in Ole Miss, but I, I think he had said it had been kind of bothering him. So, yeah, those calf injuries are kind of brutal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. We can get into to the game. Um, so, <clears throat> if we look at. Um, kind of like net yards per play just from overall. Um, I know something we like to look at. So Georgia is currently at 2.56 uh, net yards per play and Tennessee is at 1.59. Um, but then uh, as we get into the Georgia offense, so what, what are we looking for when Georgia has the ball? Um, so some notable defenders uh, for Tennessee, uh, sophomore linebacker Elijah Herring is their leading tackler. Uh, he's got 65 total tackles. Um Kamal Haddon is a senior defensive back, leads the team with three interceptions. Um, and James Pierce is a sophomore defensive lineman, uh, leads the team in sacks with eight, um, eight sacks um, and 18 total tackles. So I don't know, JP, um, we got uh, a bit, you know, as we learned specifically, not, not as much a homecoming, but we've got a couple of guys that are uh, on the Georgia offense that are uh, going up, going up against the team that they rooted for as children um, in, uh, you know, two friends of the show and Tate Radledge and Lad McConkie. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I expect, uh, I expect both of those guys to be, to be pretty fired up for this one. Yeah. I mean, I imagine there's going to be, there's going to be a lot, man. Um, you got, there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of connections to, for this game, not, not only from a, from a player standpoint, you know, family histories but there's coaches from that you know there's coaches that are on the on the on the volunteers that used to coach at georgia so uh, a lot a lot going on a lot wrapped up in in this game for sure so as we're talking georgia offense tennessee defense is willie martinez still there i believe so he's listed uh he's listed okay. as a 2023 uh coaching staff okay uh, okay rodney garner defensive line coach Man, uh, yeah. Mike eckler um outside linebackers you've got yeah. Uh, yeah, Willie Martinez. He's the secondary coach. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I think a lot of people listening just celebrated when they heard Willie Martinez as a secondary coach. <laughs> Third and Willie. <laughs> uh, man, get, if our dialed up, <laughs> I would say like you know Georgia didn't even really need third down against Ole Miss. Uh, what was it? it? Was like Georgia went like multiple drives. I think into the second quarter against Ole Miss before even facing a third down. Uh, so it'd be okay with that happening again. Um, but yeah, I um. You know, looking at what their defense does, definitely their uh, their passing defense uh, doesn't look quite as good. I mean, they're like 70, 70th in FBS um, in yards passing allowed per game. Uh, get up there and just have Beck let it rip. I mean, again, like like we saw against Ole Miss, right? Like having these guys all on the field together. And Beck really being able to choose and having people have somebody be a decoy, things like that is really going to open things up. Um, just excited to see that continue. Um, and curious to see uh, the level of balance, right? I mean, we had what, you know, like 300 yards passing and rushing against Ole Miss. And then also last week, I mean, Tennessee got the doors blown off of them by Missouri and Schrader had what, 200 yards rushing and over a hundred yards receiving against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the mindset of everyone is going to be. Um, I know. I don't know if you saw Kirby was, I guess, pretty mad at today's press conference um, said that uh, bloody Tuesday is usually a great day, but did not have a good day of practice today. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's uh, I think he's kind of putting into the whole, like, you know, uh, guys, what reading their own newspaper clippings, things like that. Um, so we'll, we'll see. So I, I don't know, but again, like we've talked about, he kind of speaks to the players through, through the media. So I'm sure he's trying trying to get them uh, locked back in and focus for this game. I'm sure that I'm sure that he's uh, I'm sure that he's doing that for a number of reasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't well, I feel like you don't get to the, I feel like you don't get to this level, this game in the season and the, the team just all of a sudden just gets distracted. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I guess like with the whole knowing what Schrader did, I am uh, and, and knowing what Milton did last week, I would love to see uh continue to see that same Kendall, Kendall Milton, you know, like when he was a true freshman uh, back in the COVID year, I think Tennessee, he had a pretty good game against Tennessee. Uh, I was I actually saw a highlight from that game today. I was like, who's number 22 on offense. It was Kendall Milton. I forgot that he changed numbers. He was 22 when he was a freshman. Um, but yeah, man, would love to see him and and Dejan keep keep that ground game, keep that ground game going for the. Uh, and you know, our offensive line is a finalist for the Joe Moore Award again. Um, I don't know. Maybe they can go out there and go out there and prove a point because they keep getting like second or whatever. So, yeah, prove a point, like all, all of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we've got we've got we we do have some players that um, you know we have we have some players that um, that are from Tennessee too. So. There's there's a lot there's a lot on the line here. Yeah. Yeah. I think Zion right. Logue and um I think there's uh there's another guy from Memphis, but he doesn't really play much. He's like a redshirt freshman, Aluba. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the roster now. A couple of players from that are actually from Tennessee. Yeah, those are, I mean those are the main ones. Okay. Got it. All right, you not got anything mention, else? Not to mention friends of the show, Tate Ratledge and Lad McConkey were Tennessee fans growing up. <laughs> yes, yes. Did you have anything else for the offense? Anything else for the offense? I mean, l- listen, like the way that my analysis from this point forward is going to be where, how Carson Beck goes and how this offensive line goes is how the Georgia, Georgia offense is going to go. Um, at the end of the day, we're not going to be able to run the ball unless the offensive line is doing their job. And we've seen what happens when Carson Beck basically doesn't get a finger touched on him the entire game. Um, which, which is basically what happened at, at Ole Miss with Ole Miss. Um, so yeah, man, like if uh, it, uh, we, we mentioned it on the, on the last show, but you know, if that team shows up every game moving forward, there's going to be a three peat flag flying at, at Sanford stadium next year. Hmm. Man. Yeah. Period. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, before we move on to the defense, why don't we take a moment to remind everyone that season four of My Got a Podcast is presented by Oxia Time. Uh, so Oxia Time is a, a Swiss watch company. So these timepieces are designed in the United States and uh, crafted in, in Switzerland. Uh, so you've got to go check them out. You definitely need to check out their 2021 and 2022 Georgia National Championship uh, collection. Uh, so they've got multiple colors, multiple bands, uh, from the from both college football playoff victories, um, primarily like a red face on the 2021 watches. They've got multiple, uh, but I think the primary one for 2022 has a, a black face on it. Um, and uh, you get like Power G in the backing, the newer ones say Go Dogs. 
Um, so definitely check them out. They got men's watches as well as women's watches. Um, but head over to oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. And if you use the promo code MyGotAPodcast, uh, you'll get a custom presentation box to go along with your timepiece as well. Uh, so you've got a place to show it off at, when it's at home uh, and put it on display when it's not on your wrist. So um, I know John and I definitely love wearing ours. Uh, got them on right now. And uh, definitely are always wearing them on game day Saturdays, uh, wearing them around Athens. Um, always a great conversation starter as well. So. Yep, looks like it's a national championship o'clock right now, Jim. What did your watch say? <laughs> yes, same thing, same thing. Yep, still national champions. So thanks again to Oxia Time uh, for being the presenting sponsor. And again, you know that uh, they were uh, behind the, uh, the the player interview series. Uh, so thanks again for that. And um, be sure, again, at, at oxiatime.com, you can see the limited edition uh, collection that has a Kirby Smart signed presentation box as well. All right, so the Georgia defense. Uh, what are we looking for when Tennessee has the ball? So uh, Joe Milton is the quarterback, uh, senior. He is 190 of 291. He's thrown for 2,283 yards, 16 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Um, they've got kind of a two-pronged running back approach uh, with Jalen Wright. He's a junior, uh, 117 carries for 848 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and then sophomore Dylan Sampson has 74 carries for 425 yards and seven touchdowns. Their leading receiver has an amazing name, sophomore wide receiver Squirrel Wright. Uh, sorry, Squirrel White. Uh, he's got 49 catches, uh, 609 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, and then senior receiver Ramil Keaton has 28 catches, 469 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, you know, We've seen this offense, you know, uh, multiple times before. Um, this Josh Heupel offense, um, they – I questioned even, like, heading into last year. Like, I was curious last year how year two would go because year one under Heupel, the offense was very explosive. It was good. I was curious, like, after the SEC kind of figured out what he was doing, would it continue to be as good? Um, but it actually, I think, was as good last year. Um, not in Athens, but for much of the rest of the season, it was, um, but I will say, um, I mean, you know, Joe Milton is a good player, but he's not Hendon hooker. Um, you know, I think Hendon hooker was, was really good. Um, and those receivers that were running down the field last year are, are also in, in the NFL. So, um, I know we did a number on these guys last year. I you know, don't be shocked. Um, if they start off well, uh, cause John, as we've talked about, that's kind of what our defense does right now. Um, but I would expect, you know, look look for us to, I don't know, probably see Tennessee do their thing early and then the defense adjusts. Yeah. I mean, I fully expect that we're going to get, we're going to see a score. Yeah. Um, we've been susceptible to that, you know. And uh, just, again, I, I think that it's just, it just comes down to the fact that this defense, for whatever reason, requires requires a uh, quick on the field learning <laughs> and yeah. as soon as as soon as they figure out like i said before it's like the paul johnson version of the you know the defense the defensive side of the ball you know paul johnson's pretty famous for throwing some guys out there throwing some plays out there figuring out who's got the the different you know who's who's basically being tasked with covering his you know his b-backs and up backs and all those kinds of things and as soon as he figures that out he makes adjustments to block those guys and ideally off they go. Right. That's, yeah. that's basically how Paul Johnson always ran his, his triple option. 
Um, and if he, if he was successful at, at figuring it out, then, you know, it, it was, it was usually a long day for you, but if he wasn't, then it was, it was a bad day for him. And that's basically how the defense has been for, for us. And thus far they've, they've figured it out, right. We've, we've talked about this all season long. You just felt that they would always figure out any, any tough spots that they were in. And in many ways they've allowed the, the youth, uh, you know, CJ Allen, freshman of the week last week, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's coming on with uh, the injury to Jamin Dumas Johnson. And, you know, we're talking about Warren Brinson, you know, in the back of my mind, like, okay. Um, I don't remember. Did, uh, did we talk about that on the last episode? Like who, who spelled Warren Brinson? I mean, either way, like it's probably going to be a youthful five-star, right? Like somebody <laughs> that you're probably, somebody that you're probably excited to see. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just how this this team is stacked, you know. Offensive line, Mims goes out, Fairchild steps in. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Jamin Dunos Johnson goes out, CJ Allen steps in. Um, I mean, this this team is is stacked, and they're stacked with youth. And you better get us now because when that youth becomes even more experienced, it's only going to get worse for you. And Lord help you if any of the the big names like Carson Beck and, you know, Brock Bowers decide to come back, which is then it's just going to be lights out for everybody next year. We're going to be talking about four feet action. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think um, I know that Kirby was asked, was talking a bit about some of the older guys actually even coming along and doing like improving, you know, where they've been backups their whole career. And now they're thrust into that, into that, starting role um because he, he was talking about how much better stackhouse is playing right now um than he was earlier in the season so stackhouse yeah, and then like i mean zion Logue had a really good game against Ole Miss too so um well, i think they're you know they're uh they're learning how to be the guy right because they didn't have to be that before so yeah uh, some some guys it just takes some time um you know i mean last year we had jalen carter he had been he had been kind of sitting around and we've talked about this earlier this season. Like technically like these guys weren't even supposed to be the guy, right? Like we were supposed mm-hmm. to have bear Alexander was supposed to be the guy. Right. And he left. Right. And so that right. made their progression that made their learning curve slope even a little bit steeper to a certain degree, because we were expecting him to, to step into that role. And yeah. like you said, they're not only having to figure it out, but they're having to figure it out a little bit faster than probably they were expecting. Yeah. Um, and it's probably uh, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out because you know to to Kirby, uh, well, not not necessarily to Kirby, but I did hear Nick Saban talk about this. Like, do you think that the NFL cares, you know, that you played as a freshman, um, or do you care that you're developed over the next three or four years and you get mm-hmm. a couple of years and your body doesn't take the toll? Those kinds of things. Like the NFL doesn't care if you played as a freshman. The NFL only cares if you're developed into an elite position player at your and you perfected your craft right 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 that's what these guys should probably be thinking about like not only is it a business decision when you're coming in like you know yes it can be um it can be a situation where you're you're, you're, the peak of your earning power is in college like some of these guys like you know maybe stetson's in that in that vein too but um but there is there is light at the end of the tunnel especially when you're coming through the university of georgia yeah yeah, for sure. I mean, these guys, these guys have all stepped up. Everyone, every single one of them stepped up. Yep. Yep. And I think the only other thing I'll say about this side of the ball is with Tennessee, you know, you tend to think, oh, Josh Heibel, like airing it out. Um, but I mean, these guys run the ball. I mean, that it's all predicated on the run. 
Um, there's a lot of motion and they do run the ball a lot. Then they're actually ninth in the FBS in uh rushing yards per game. Um, so it's going to, you know, the plan's going to be what the plan is uh, for Georgia stop the run. Um, and then when you stop the run, get in one dimensional and then you can pin your ears back and rush the passer. So, um, you know, line can it continue to be a line of scrimmage game? Uh, that's what I'm expecting to see on Saturday. Yeah. So, I mean, the line of scrimmage is, is obviously going to be crucial for us. Um, I, I want to see us setting the edge on defense. I want to see us playing, uh, what do they call him? Bazooka Joe. Was that what they were? Yeah. That, that was like the preseason hype was there. Oh, you gotta do a bazooka Joe, right? Like, yeah, that hype really died. Didn't it? Um, yeah, it did. It did. I th- I think that we just keep him in check, keep him in third and medium, third and long, and um, you know we'll we'll just set that place on fire, Jim. I mean, just just burn the whole thing down. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that if you if you can get him on early downs with those running plays and force Bazooka Joe to try to bazooka his way into Javon Bullard, um, that would be fantastic for us. Yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, one more offensive player um, who, you know, you never know. We could have someone kind of one of our linemen get around him, like, and just miss by a finger. Uh, Cooper Mace. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) We've got, we've got Cooper Mace. Cooper Mace still, still at Tennessee. So he's a, he's a senior offensive lineman. So uh, I knew there was something that I was forgetting to mention. I couldn't put my finger on it. And I finally did. (laughs) Oh, it's just right on the tip. Wasn't it? (laughs) Uh, okay. Um, you got anything else? I, I, I got a couple of special teams things for you. Uh, so defense, um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the tail of this tape is just going to be, you know, keeping there again, set, set, setting the edge, keeping contain, uh, not letting, um, Milton use his legs and, you know, it'll, d- does, is Milton is Milton a particularly big rusher in this offense? For some reason, I felt like I saw a lot of that at the beginning of the season because like there was a bunch of chatter about him not being able to throw the ball, right? Um, so the only the game that I watched the most of theirs was Alabama, and he was running a decent amount in that game. Um, but I know he wasn't in like their top two. Uh, rushing. Let's see. Milton has 69 carries, 301 yards, uh, and five touchdowns on the ground. So he is the, he's the fourth leading rusher on this team. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's mm-hmm. a decent amount. See, so, yeah, I mean, he, he does run. He definitely runs. Yeah. Not he's as gonna... much as like, not as much as uh Jackson dart, ironically though. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I would love to make sure that we don't don't lose contain on him. I think that we did a great job with Jackson Dart. So um yeah. I I feel like that we've figured out the at least at least we figured out the the interior middle um protection and to a certain extent we've we've figured out at least to a, a better extent than we had at the beginning of the season of being able to keep keep things contained into the pocket. Now mm-hmm. there's still a little bit of issues with setting the edge sometimes, but like, you know, um, I think that moment by moment they're figuring it out basically. Uh, now middle, middle of the field passing game, I feel like has been a, a thorn in our side uh, just overall boundaries. We've got it locked down. Uh, we've got two great boundary corners, but over the middle of the field coverage wise, like I think that there's been some issues there. So I'll be looking for that on the defensive side being able to take away the middle of the field as well as all, all the other areas that we've been able to, to succeed at the season. 
Um, but then, like I said, you know, just keeping keeping him contained in the pocket and collapsing the pocket like we did last last week, and we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, let's see special teams uh, things. Um, so you're going to be shocked to know this, John, uh, but Tennessee has an Australian punter. Uh, so Jackson Ross is their uh, punter. Um, he's pretty good. Uh, so he's averaging uh, 43.44 yards per punt. Uh, he is from Pro Kick Australia, like all the Austra- other Australian guys. But this guy is an ambidextrous punter. So he can punt with either foot. Uh, so watch out has, for that. Has he actually punted with both feet? I believe so. I, I think he, I think they do some of like the rugby style stuff where he kind of will roll out at times and he can go either way. Yes, uh, please, please roll out of the pocket. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. Which as we learned, like you can run into the punter uh, when you're apparently, out. yeah. <laughs> that's that's, so. that's a wild, that's a wild stat. I'll definitely be watching that space there. Although I will say there's probably somewhere, somewhere right now, there's like um, you know the the last the last remnants of the Colquitt clan is probably like look like kick kicking themselves or like the rest of, the rest like their older the older siblings or whatever or cousins or uncles are probably looking at them like you you messed it up boy I mean <laughs> how does the Colquitt family not like move to Australia and just all you know yeah seriously uh, all right one other special teams thing that I've been hanging on to this one. Uh, John, we're going to do this. Do you know who George's leading kick returner is? George's leading kick returner. Makai Muse. Yeah, I was going to say Muse, yeah. Uh, But did you know what just happened? Makai Muse. Scott Howard's pronunciations are back, John. Makai Muse. (laughs) So I made a random discovery today. I was on georgiadocs.com, and I I was actually just reading like an article and it, it said like players mentioned in this article, and then there was a little ear uh, next to them. So the all of the pronunciations are now back. And I almost spoiled it earlier because you mentioned Alu Ba. So and I, I was trying to like fiddle because I, I didn't have his name on the soundboard because I only had Mackay's. Uh, so there there are many. There's no one that's as good as like Robert Beale that's like super obvious. Um, but there's a bunch on there. So hey, if you're ever wondering how to uh, pronounce any Georgia player's name, head over to georgiadogs.com on the roster and, and Scott Howard will help guide your way. It's back. Uh, I've missed it. I've missed that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. So there's nobody, um, there's nobody like Robert Beal. <laughs> there's no one that's like that, that obvious that, um, uh, yeah, there's no one that's quite that bad. I mean, Bo Hewley, I feel like that's kind of unnecessary to pronounce. Does that count? Is Jackson Bo Muschamp on there? Hewley. Bo Hewley. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, no, Muschamp was not on there. Oh. So Arian Smith is on there. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, n- no one no one quite is uh, nothing quite as ridiculous as, as Robert Beale. Ash Jones? <laughs> no, I wish. I wish. Robert Howard. Beale. Nothing can top Robert Beale. Nothing. nothing it's just that, that's still on there. So anyways, <laughs> sorry. Off the rails. I just had to do that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, all right. I thought it was a um, trick question at first. I was like, is he really asking me this? Like, Scott Hughes, <laughs> right? Like, what? <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. My bad. I should have given you warning. No, I didn't want to give you warning. I had to be suppressed. I'm, um, like, I'm like, did I take some nuclear fallout from Oak Ridge? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> uh, I guess before we move on, uh, there, let's see, their place kicker is uh, Charles Campbell. 
he is 15 of 18 on field goals for the for the season uh and perfect on extra points um so they uh, kirby also did say in the press conference that uh the tennessee is very good at special teams so just for what for what it's worth that's what he said i hope this kid gets a workout it's so much to the point where he's got to kick with both feet because he's so tired (laughs) nice nice all right you ready to hit the listener questions Let's do it. We got some good ones, I feel like. All right. Uh, so listener questions are brought to you by Working Web Media. Uh, so Working Web Media, we worked with them during the off season. We were not happy with our website um, and they helped us redesign it. Um, so we were able to sit down, work with them, tell them what we were looking for. Uh, and they were able to do the entire website design for us. And we launched it right at the beginning of the season. Uh, so be sure to head over to, you know, mygodapodcast.com. You can check that out. It's got all of our, our merch, latest merch on there, links to our episodes, um, everyone that we work with. Um, but so if you have a small business, you need help with your website, uh, if you just need some help with your online presence, they do a lot of social media work as well. Head on over to workingwebmedia.com slash dogs, and then they will know that we sent you their way. All right, let's start off with 51 to 7 GATA, uh, which was good to see you after the game, by the way, uh, this week. Um, let's see. When you look at this week's college football schedule, should they ban Power 5 schools from playing FCS or a group of five teams in November? This week, we get North Alabama at Florida State, UTC at Alabama, ULM at Ole Miss, and ACU at AM. Um, it is kind of crazy. And, you know, like when we were talking about CBS and what game they were going to pick, whether Georgia, Georgia Ole Miss was going to be on CBS versus Georgia Tennessee with the whole max limit thing, you know, I was pretty confident that Georgia Tennessee was going to be on CBS because this is the only good SEC game this week. Um, you know, like what, what other game was CBS going to want to going to want to pick? Um, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I don't know. I, I wonder like with conference expansion, you know, if, if the SEC goes to nine game, nine conference games, that would probably fix this, um, just by default. I don't know that we're going to, but that, that's what I would do, honestly, because if we're going to have a league, that's going to be that big. Um, I want to cycle through the teams more quickly. So I would add a ninth conference game, and I would think that would get rid of this week, at least for the SEC. Right. I see Brett Belling. Uh, Brett, thank you for sending the picture after you heard us request the picture <laughs> of us drinking Elliot one. Appreciate it. Um, so his first question, out of all the gimmick props you could pick, why did Butch Jones pick a trash can in 2017? Remember that? They had the turnover trash can? Uh, yeah, dude. I <laughs> Again, like the the connection to trash and this this town is just insane. <laughs> it's not they, not they only did they, all they invent, was the, a dumpster to throw it into. Exactly, they invented the dumpster and then had the the uh, the turnover trash can. Uh, the turnover trash can, like I just like it's one of those things. It's like someone approved that. Exactly, exactly. Who someone who did that approve that? <laughs> wasn't that uh when they wasn't that unveiled and like wasn't it Georgia's tech against Tennessee? Wasn't that the game? Wasn't that the op- the season opener that year? I'm pretty sure remember. they played in one of those Chick-fil-A kickoff games and like Tennessee got a turnover and they're ducking into the trash can. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know, man. But like uh, I just I just can't like like someone on the uh in the in the UT leadership was like, Butch, are you sure you want to take a trash can out there? <laughs> right, right. Um and then second question, uh, Larry had his hobnail boot call. Larry said his hobnail boot call was his favorite. Do you agree or do, or do either of you have a different one? Um, I've actually said I, I do have a different one. Um, 
And it's mine is like, because like I wasn't listening live to the hobnail boot because I was at the game. Mm. Um, so I heard it after the fact, like I heard it on the radio when we were on the way home. Um, but for me, it's, you know, with friend of the show, John, our new, our new, our new buddy, Corey Allen, um, the touchdown, <laughs> the, 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 the call of Mike Bobo to Corey Allen uh, to tie that game and send it to overtime at Auburn in 1996. That, that is my personal favorite uh, Munson call. I don't know, man. There's so, there's so many great ones. I've heard I've heard some some calls lately. Like there was the the, the was it was it the Corey Allen one where he was like he was like you you got us in this mess, Scott Howard. Like when he's like talking trash to Scott Howard. <laughs> yes, I think it was that. And what I can't remember if it was I think it was a Corey Allen catch that might have been Tech in '97. Maybe I could be wrong, but I I do. Yeah, I don't know what game that was. <laughs> I mean, I, I just love like those little, those little like nuances uh, that made Munson so great. Like, like talking trash to <laughs> talking trash to Scott Howard for being so positive or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, my favorite call uh, hobnail boots gotta be up there. I remember listening to that on the radio with my dad when that, when that play happened, um, yeah. I was at home with my, with my dad. Uh, when that play happened, I remember he like, <laughs> I think I've talked about this on the podcast, but like, he's not a spry guy. And he literally like hopped out of the, out of the recliner. <laughs> it was, it, it's, it's one of those like Georgia memories. That's just ingrained in my head. Um, mm. Hobnail boot was great. Look at the sugar falling out of the sky. Like that's, that's another, another classic, classic Munson call. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh... I was, I, so today I heard, I mentioned the one earlier today when Sean Jones ran the ball at the scoopings, the, the, whatever it was 98 yard scoopings score. Mm-hmm. Um, that one. So when you mentioned like Larry making fun of Scott Howard, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I love it when like someone, whether it's where the Scott or whether it was Lauren, like whenever they would say something to Larry and like try to get a reaction out of him and he would just like grunt back or like would like not even, he would kind of ignore him. It was mm-hmm. always like hilarious to me. So in that one, you know, that was two years after the hobnail boot. Sean Jones has this like amazing play and runs it back. And, you know, the Munson's call is good. But then Scott Howard goes, he was wearing hobnail boots, Larry. And Munson goes, <laughs> and then like Munson's like, huh. Like he just like grunts. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. He was the greatest. He was the greatest. So great. All right. Uh, let's see. Friend of the show, Tim Riley. Uh, that Ole Miss game was incredible. What a time to be a dog fan. Closer contest, Georgia versus Tennessee or Missouri versus Tennessee. Um, so co- for comparisons, uh, Missouri beat Tennessee 36 to 7. Um, hmm. So I could see, not to get to our predictions yet, but. Um, yeah, we have to get to the predictions, but I don't, but, I don't. I mean, foreshadowing. I don't. I don't know that we're gonna beat them that badly. I can see. I can see several scenarios in which we do. Yeah. Because Missouri is a good team, so like they're they're the most recent opponent, so I can see some parallels there in terms of Drinkwitz giving Kirby some some tips. <laughs> yeah, agreed, dude. I'll say it again. Like we beat a we beat a very good football team in Missouri. Missouri is good, man. They're legit. That that's yeah, a good well, football team. They're, they're ranked what, like number eight or nine or something like that in the season. Yeah, they, they should be. They're they're good. Um, I they're they're better than Ole Miss. I'll say that. They're better <clears> than Ole Miss. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Fletcher Proctor. Um, will Silas Demery be a one and done, and Mike White's first 
uh, first first round pick at Georgia, or will he, he come back and we get two in 2025 with Silas and Asa? Um, D- Silas Demery, John, I was saying that this team is fun to watch. Uh, he is very fun to watch. Uh, true freshman point guard, but a tall dude. Um, very smooth. So I don't know. Um, is he this season's Ant Man? Like he's not like that highly rated. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is good. He is good. Okay. So yeah. Um, although um kind of wish we had Mike White with with Ant Man. I'm not sure what Tom Green was doing with him. Um oh wait, I didn't I, I didn't keep reading because Fletcher said, Oh wait, football podcast. Um <laughs> is it munsoning to be afraid of the turf at Nayland? I love Bowers, but I fear that turf and flying mustard bottles. <laughs> I would say it's not munsoning to be afraid of the turf. I mean, it's yeah. definitely a it's definitely a historical fact. So yeah. Um yeah, I would say uh, an ideal scenario here would be to get a twenty-point lead at halftime, and then just just park the bus, as they say in soccer. Kirby death march for the entire second half. Kirby death march the entire second half. Yeah, exactly. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Um, <laughs> all right, go, uh, go twenty, go twenty points, and then just get just rattle off a uh, you know a, a fifty-play eight-minute drive to right. kill the right. third quarter or something like that. Right. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. Chance Dog 19, uh, everybody chase. D- dive into why the Tennessee mascot is named after the Smoky Mountains, but smell but smelled, but spelled smoky uh with an E. Um, is it the school system in East Tennessee? John, I know you actually did a little research on this. I did. So Smoky to... Mountains is S-M-O-K-Y, but Smokey the dog is S-M-O-K-E-Y. What's going on here? Yes, the the guy so uh the guy that um came up with the the smoky mascot or whatever. So they had a number of different dogs. There was some different criteria that the the boosters or the pep club like tried to create for for this animal. Um I think it was I I, I already closed out the windows, Jim. Uh, I forgot about this question. But um I can't remember when the year was. Was it nineteen wasn't was it nineteen thirty five? I've got it. I will tell you. you, got, you, it, you it was in 1953. 53. So, that was close. Yeah. So basically they were, yeah, they, they had a contest of like some blue tick coon hounds. Um, and the one that won the contest, like its name was Blue Smokey. So whoever had owned that dog had named him Blue Smokey. And I think what you found was he had spelled it differently to distinguish it from the mountains is what he claimed. Correct. Yeah. Reverend, Reverend Brooks, as I remember the guy, some, some Reverend that, you know, he's like our version of um, the, the Siler family or whatever. So um, yeah, like, so they, they basically they, he, he named it that way on purpose. And, but I, I, I don't put it past, I don't put it past the, the school systems in East Tennessee. Yeah, again, I feel like he again, again, very close proximity to nuclear activity. There's, there's a lot going on there, guys. I feel like he made that up after he realized he had spelled it wrong. I'm I totally agree. I feel like <laughs> the people were like, dude, you know that's not how you smell smoky, right? He's like, What? No, nah, no, nah, I did that on purpose. <laughs> exactly. 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 Uh all right, let's see. Irked Russell, uh, with Georgia fans chartering a boat for the game over under three and a half times. The camera shows it or is talked about during the game. So I believe this is like the dog nation invasion type thing, like through the AJC, like the DogNation.com. I think they have like a party, like chartered boat. Uh, that's going to like go down the river dock and go to the game. 
Uh, I know there was like a huge uproar about it when it first got announced. Like a lot of Tennessee fans were like, we have to block this and we can't let them do this and all this kind of stuff. So I don't yeah, know. I'm like, gonna... Is it is it the first time that anybody's ever like brought a boat to the, the Vol Navy area? Like what's, I, don't, I don't understand. Right. Yeah. I don't know. But they were, they were flipping out online, but this was a month ago when like, you know, things were different for Tennessee. So that makes me know. like, if I, if I were like a billionaire, like I would like, just like go and, I, I would just like wreck their wreck their navy party. Like just, just <laughs> I would just like float a barge up there and just massive screen of like Georgia highlights of just us smoking Tennessee. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I'm gonna go <laughs> under on on it being on the CBS broadcast three and a half times though. Yeah, I uh, I'll go under as well. I feel like they're gonna have to do a, a deep dive uh, to to get that to that crew, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, Jake. B Johnson uh, said the offense is on fire. How will Tennessee try to slow us down? I watched the Mizzou Tennessee game and the inside linebackers for Tennessee looked slow. Of course, uh, that could have just been Schrader making them look bad. A healthy Milton and Dejon should be troubling for Vol fans, not to mention Lad and company. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, it's going to be a tough task for this Tennessee defense, which statistically does not look great. Um, and as far as matching up with, with Georgia and with the health, healthy Brock Bowers, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're going to try to do what everyone tries to do. Um, I mean, I think they will, they'll, I don't know, I guess like we used to always talk about that with Stetson, right? Like early on, like what are teams trying to do with us? Um, try to make the quarterback beat you. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to work with, with Carson though, but no. Probably what they'll go for first is try to take the way to run. Just so you you, know, you want to pick something, make them one dimensional, which is generally the run. Yeah, I would say that uh, I was worried about I was worried about the running the running game uh, when I was looking at the defensive numbers in here. But when you you, you framed it in the um, national rankings scenario, mm-hmm. which obviously has changed a little bit, particularly for the Georgia team, um, the last the last little bit here, but um in the SEC, like the Tennessee defense is, is actually like kind of on par with Alabama. So this is gonna give us an, an indicator of what it might be like to play Alabama. They've got similarish quarterback, they've got similarish defense. The the defensive numbers are, are kind of kind of on par. So like it's kind of like an Alabama light. Um a little mm-hmm. little practice for Alabama on what it might look like for us there. And I do know that Alabama you know, is, is very big on, on stopping the run. And I think that that's, that's what they're probably going to try to do for us too. I just don't know. I mean, if they, if they sell out to stop the run, that means that we're going to have multiple players, Lad McConkey, Brock Bowers, R- Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint, like we're going to have all these guys, Dylan Bell, you know, we're going to have multiple weapons going on here. So like, I, again, I don't think that's going to end very well for them. Yeah. Agreed. All right. While we're just, you just reminded me of something that, that I said uh, when we were having our first half rewatch uh, at mm-hmm. my parents' house on Sunday morning um, was, is Dylan Bell just back to wide receiver? Cause now it seems like he kind of is. So maybe he's just a wide receiver again. Now that we've got a fully healthy uh, Kendall Milton. So something we'll keep to keep uh, an eye on that as well. I uh, conspiracy theorists. I feel mm. like they're, I feel like they're going to rope a dope, rope a dope with Dylan Bell. Mm. Just, Watch watch okay. that space, Jim. Watch that okay. space. Okay. Like he's gonna come back at running back at some point. Uh I believe that they're gonna bust it out for, for Alabama. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Got it. 
Let's see. Next up, Chad Jarvis. Uh, do, do we let a first possession score for Tennessee? And do you guys think this is an overhyped game? Um, not going to be shocked if we, I guess we kind of talked about that earlier. Not going to be shocked. Do not be shocked if we, if they score an opening drive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the scripted drives tend to work against this defense. Uh, overhyped game. I don't think so. I don't think it's an overhyped game. Um, not after they lost last week. I think like earlier in the season, maybe looking ahead to it, but we didn't know what everything was going to be like um, for them. But I do know like our our, our buddy, uh, John, John tweets sports, like over the summer had, had talked a lot about how Tennessee was going to take a step, a big step back this year. Uh, and he was definitely right on that one. So as of right now, the get in price for this game is 229 bucks on SeatGeek, which historically has been pretty um cost effective uh, versus the other ones but um that tracks with the old miss game so i would say mm. maybe 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 so um it, it was 229 229 is a get in price right now okay. now that price for the old miss game dropped as we got closer to the game when i was when i was watching it before you and i decided to, that i was going to go and and take your parents extra ticket but um <laughs> But uh, but yeah, as as we got closer for the Georgia game, that price drops. So it'll be I'll be it'll be interesting to see where this nets out at. But as of today, um, that price to get in for for Georgia Tennessee is right on par with what it was for the Ole Miss game. Um, I don't know. I I don't know that it's overhyped. I don't know that it's underhyped. I think it's right where it needs to be in this context right now, where literally yeah. Georgia is in protect. Protect all the starters, just win, baby, and move, survive, and advance. Particularly, particularly after tonight, you know, where we've we've now got you know sole possession of consensus number one status. So, um, yeah. you know, just just roll into rolling in Oxville if they win by seven, if they win by three, if they win by forty, like it literally doesn't matter. All you have to do is win the game and not get hurt. Agreed. Um, your get in price kind of. For me, in my mind, when I was thinking about with this next question is a nice segue um, because BR Jim wanted to know how many points, if any, uh, will home field advantage be for Tennessee? And what I'm questioning is how much of a home field advantage they're going to have because uh, we know the road dogs travel. Um, and I'm wondering if that get in price is so high because of Georgia fan demand trying to get into this game. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of dog fans there. Um so I don't know. Back in the day, home field advantage at Tennessee was significant. Um, have you ever been to a game there? Never been to a game there. So I mean, it it like you know Tennessee talking Tennessee fans talking about loud stadiums, et cetera. I mean, you know, we've got the open ended end zone and the the sound leaves the stadium. This is a full bowl all the way around, um, mm-hmm. fully enclosed stadium, and it is like straight up. It is steep. Um, the loudest it is the loudest stadium I've ever heard. I mean the. The the Tennessee touchdown before in the hobnail boot game, like their touchdown to go ahead before the final draft that led to the you know passive run hands, that Travis Stevens touchdown that is the loudest I've ever heard a stadium in my life. Um, when he scored the touchdown, I've never heard anything like like there was like a just explosion. Um, that place is loud, but strength in numbers, know, right? <laughs> right, but they were like you know top ten team then like that you know that that team was actually really highly touted, really good. We were not expected to, we're in a, we're in a different spot now. So um, this point of the season with their record being at what it is, I don't know. I wouldn't give any more than the uh, three points 
the, the standard three points for home field advantage. I wouldn't give any more than that. So here's so here's a couple of things that I'll say with what I'm seeing on this map. And again, I'm just using SeatGeek as an example. There are 800 tickets available for this game right now that are for sale on SeatGeek. Um, the bulk of those tickets appear to be on the home side of the stadium. Mm, okay. Like on the visitor side, there's there's like not like particularly when you're talking about like that whole like you know side of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a whole lot available. It's mostly on the on the curve, and then literally on the on the home side of the stadium is where most of these tickets are are available. Gotcha. Okay. Particularly on the lower levels. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's so. see. Uh, John Michael D. <clears throat> what is your best theory on what planet Brock Bowers is from, or what lab created him? Krypton. Agreed. I mean, clearly that's the obvious answer. That's going to be the answer. Because <laughs> as we tweeted from the podcast account during the game, Brock Bowers is not human. Um, and so he said, related, is Brock Bowers the greatest dog ever? I know the stories. I've seen the VHS tapes and worn them out. And I've asked those who saw him about seeing Herschel live. I say Brock is the goat. Hard to say. I don't know. I didn't see Herschel with my own eyes either. I'm in the same boat. I've watched the VHS tapes. Uh, I've talked about him with my dad. Um, it was a different era back then, for sure. Um, I think Herschel was very big into fitness, although like push-ups and sit-ups, you know, he wasn't a big <laughs> weight lifter, but um, I think he was kind of ahead of the curve then personally, opposed, as opposed to like other players. And now everyone has crazy fitness and nutrition programs and everything. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, he's up there. He, he's definitely up there. But both will be a a, a three year career. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, like what what could have been with four years? You know. So here's so here I'll say this with a caveat. Like I think that Brock deserves the goat status, um, particularly with the trajectory that this season is going to take him. Um, you know, I, I've, at this point we're we're going to be probably odds on favorite to to win, or at least high, highly odds on favorite to to win the national championship this year, mm-hmm. um, you know, three Pete, you know, how many, how many players in Georgia history have won three national championships and have played a significant role on all three of them. Um, had he not been hurt, I was actually looking at this earlier today um, because I wanted to kind of, I want I was trying to devise a tweet, but it's, I don't know, still, I, I didn't think it was as, as impactful, but given this question, I feel like I should probably bust out my, my research there. Brock Bowers is currently ranked, I think it was number 84 or 86 or something like that in the country in terms of total receptions, you know, reception, receiving yards. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the guy missed how many games? Three games? What? How, how many games did he miss? Yeah, I mean, he went out in Vanderbilt. So he missed like half of that game, missed Florida game. Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guy, the guy missed multiple games this season, right? And <laughs> he's still... Had he produced at the level that he's been producing, he probably would be up there in the you know in the top in the top of in the top of the conversations with the, the wide receivers this season, which then yeah. would put him in the in the territory for um, you know Heisman candidates, right? Like, had he not gotten hurt, I feel like that he would absolutely be in the Heisman Heisman talk. I personally think that Carson Beck should also be in that in that range, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, I. Yeah, dude. Like, I, I don't think that anybody's produced at the level like that over the course of their seasons and have the accolades to back it up. Yeah. I mean, I'll 
like I don't know, it's so hard to compare eras. You get into kind of like a Jordan LeBron, uh, but but then plus, <laughs> you know, but then like on top of that, different position, it's hard. But I will say, I think that the the best way to think of it is what Graham texted us late in the game against Ole Miss, and that was that Brock Bowers is our generations. He's our Herschel. Um, I think that's the way to think of it. So he's he's our generation's Herschel. But here's the thing, like. I mean, even even hurt, right? Even like re- recovering from literally having surgery, the guy came out within a few weeks and still was able to produce at the level that he was producing and command the attention that he commanded. Everyone knows that we're going to try to get him the ball every moment he steps on the field, and they still can't stop him. That is the type of player that Herschel was. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, he, wait, wait, which guy are you describing? <laughs> he is he is producing at the level that Herschel did, but he's yeah. also got all of the accolades to back it up. Yeah, I mean, he all does. What he's know, missing is the Heisman Trophy, which. Yeah, no Heisman, yeah. but two, two national championships to one. Um, but I mean, you know, on the, man, it was, it was so funny the way you were sitting there talking about these Brock things and it, the, the similarities are there. Like, you're like, well, he was hurt. And I was just like, well, I mean, Sugar Bowl 1980, Herschel dislocated his arm. Like they like popped his shoulder back in and he went in and, <laughs> and, and scored, you know, the only the only touchdowns against Notre Dame. Um, so it that's uh that is pretty cool, the similarities there. So yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Let's let let's let's wait and uh maybe maybe can we can reassess that uh in the offseason. We'll see. See where there's see where this goes. A- there's a small part of me that's hoping that he's going to come back and put this to rest. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, it on the field, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see uh, Rambo. Are we all disappointed that we don't use dim junkyard dogs more? I mean, dude, the defense ain't no joke. I mean, I say junkyard dogs. <laughs> I say junkyard dogs. I think that, in order to have that term junkyard dogs, they probably would have need to put up some better numbers in the red zone on the red zone defense. But um, mm. that would be my, that would be my only knock knock there. Okay. Uh, let's see. Brian Hawkins. Uh, why don't some Tennessee fans seem to grasp the fact that they won't beat us and that we are much better than they, than they think. I will say, I feel like it. Okay. Am I, uh, maybe I just haven't been on Twitter a whole lot the last couple of days, but I feel like they've kind of piped down after, losing to Missouri. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just haven't been on Twitter enough. Um, I, I haven't, I haven't seen it as bad as like, say last year, leading up to this game, for example. No, it hasn't been nearly as bad as last year. Now. Yeah. I mean, that pretty much ended with the, that pretty much ended with the the losses earlier this season. You know, they, yeah. I feel like had they beaten Bama, they probably would have been a little bit more puffy about things, but losing to losing to Missouri yeah, there's not, there's not, you can't, you can't talk trash about Georgia's schedule and then lose to Missouri. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right. Last, last one from Suge77. Can you get this image out of my head? And we'll have to flash it for those on YouTube. If you're, you're listening on a podcast form, uh, he gave a picture of uh, Bobby from King of the Hill next to Josh Heupel uh, saying that Bobby grew up to be a damn fine college football coach. Uh, and you can't unsee it. I don't know why you would want to see it. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I, 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 this is one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite memes to to compare him to. Is is damn it, Bobby? Um, yeah, dude, that's perfect. What was it? There was another one that that someone 
there's an, there's another kind of corollary there that someone had posted that I thought was like I was I was like oh my gosh I can't that that's that's really good too, but the Bobby one is for sure, um, is for sure amazing. What was the other one? Oh, I know I liked the Jeremy Pruitt ET one when he when in the COVID year when he had like the <laughs> the cornholio. No, that, no, cornholio is is the one that I thought was amazing. <laughs> oh man, when he yeah. had like the the neck gator. And like because he was supposed to have a mask on, but he had like over his head somehow. Oh, uh, that was amazing. <laughs> Why was he wearing that? That's another thing. Like, coach, you look like a giant goober. What are you doing? It made it made zero sense. <laughs> no sense whatsoever. Oh, uh, that was good. Uh, what was that? What was the other one that he looked like? I can't remember what it was. There was there's something like Chumley or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I know there was an entire like Reddit thread about uh about him looking like Bobby from King of the Hill. It's pretty good. <laughs> is there like the, the picture that was submitted uh, is not the only one that I've, I've seen. Uh, I looked it up. It's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. All right. Are you ready, John? We're ready. Oh my God. My God, a freshman. Trying to put glasses on it. It is time for Coach Trillbill's Over Unders, Tennessee. All right, John, as discussed in the last episode, I uh, <laughs> have a bit of a lead, so I will continue to go first. Um, so we will start off with the Georgia offense. Uh, Georgia offense, over under 275 passing yards. Um, and I will go first. Mm, yeah, uh, I'm going to go over. If I want to, if I want to pull pull the panic button and go opposite of you, just for just for disparity's sake, um, I'm not going to pull that. I can't pull that on this one. I can't go against my boy Carson Beck. I'm going to go over. Okay. All right. Over to you. Over under 145 rushing yards for Georgia offense. Over. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. Um. <laughs> over to me. Over under. Six and a half players with a catch for Georgia offense. I'm going to go okay. over. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over on that one, too. <laughs> the disappointment in your voice is palpable, John. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, at this point, like, I just I just want to win. I don't, I don't it, care anymore. It's like, fine. Just, it's fine. Just, just win, Bulldogs. <laughs> moment by moment. Uh, let's see. Over to you uh, on the Georgia defense. Over under 150 Rushing yards by Tennessee. Under. Okay. Um, let's see. Man, they they rush for a lot. I'm going to go over on that. And let's see. Uh, my turn. Over, under, one and a half forced turnovers by the Georgia defense. Um, I'm going to go over. I'm also going to go. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a differentiator out there. I'll go under. Okay. Um, over to you. Over, under, two and a half sacks for the Georgia defense. Over. Okay. I'm going to go over as well. Um, special teams, four and a half field goal attempts combined. Uh, so that's for me. I'm going to go over. Field goal attempts combined. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go under. Okay. And last miscellaneous, over under one and a half hobnail boot references on the CBS broadcast. Over. Over. Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to go under. <laughs> Yes. Because I think it's going to be exactly one. Because I think it will be, I think it'll be in the opening intro montage. Uh, I think it'll be in that. And then I don't know that they'll come back to it. Although, you know what? They're, 
I'm sticking with what I said, but I could see it coming back. Who knows? Because like we said, this is the last one. It's the last Georgia-Tennessee game on CBS. I could see like a through-the-years moments kind of segment, you know, when it get brought up. So. I have a prediction. I have a prediction. Yeah, okay. I, it's kind of in that. Like, uh, they'll talk about it before, but I have a feeling the athletic trivia question is going to have something. They'll, they'll tie something mm. like that. Mm. I like it. I like that. I like that. Okay. Okay. We'll 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 we'll, uh, we'll have Coach Joe Bill track that for us. Uh, Coach, thanks as always uh, for checking these, submitting them, and uh, it was a great home season. Uh, we got to close it out, uh, beat at the tailgate with you this past weekend. So it was good. A lot of fun. Appreciate it. All right, John, it is time for the final predictions. Um, and as we get into that, I, I, I can't help but notice, John, that that you're wearing a similar T-shirt as I am. Uh, so you've got the, the, the tree that owns itself. Um, I've got the Georgia Bulldog uh, golfing uh, T-shirt. So both of us are wearing shirts from, from uh, Home Field Apparel. Um, so, you know, I did the event. Uh, that Homefield put on the Homefield Homecoming, um, and so you know after that uh, we were able to team up with Homefield, uh, just like our buddies at Dog Central. Um, so we are now part of the Homefield crew. Uh, so just want to share that with all of our listeners. Um, so you know they've got a lot of retro logo, retro designs, um, and they're comfortable t-shirts. So go over to homefieldapparel.com, check them out, and for my got a podcast, you can use the ho- the code Hunker Down. And you'll get 15% off of your first order with Homefield. Um, so be sure to go check it out. Uh, we've been wearing it throughout the season and uh, we've been enjoying it. So excited to partner with them as well. All right. Predictions. CBC R2 Sam has this game at Georgia 31.2 to Tennessee 24.5. Uh, Odd Shark has this as a 10 point spread with an over under of 58, which gives us an implied score of Georgia 34. To Tennessee 24. Um, the odd shark predicted score is Georgia 41.2 to 24.8. Uh, I pulled to the CFB nerds model. They've got Georgia 33.6 to Tennessee 19.8. Um, and then the scoring impact that I've been tracking. So against the power five, um, Tennessee gives up uh yeah, Tennessee gives up on average 21.8 points per game against the power five and they score 30.6 points per game against the power five. However, Georgia is uh, scoring 9.68 points more per game against the power five than their opponents allow. And they're holding their power five opponents to 10.5 points less uh, than their power five opponents score. So if you apply all that, that would give Georgia 31 and a half to Tennessee 20. Um so a lot of that stuff kind of lining up actually with the scoring impact, which I, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, we're getting down into regression to the mean and, you know, statistical mm-hmm. models starting to make more sense than earlier in the season. Georgia playing up to to where it was and schedules getting more harder for or more difficult for for everyone else and including Georgia and we're starting to perform at a high level. So, yeah. um it makes a little bit of sense. Um but yeah, I kind of, I waffled on this a lot. Um, there's a, and there's a couple <laughs> oh, really? of things. There's is a couple because, of things. Is it because you watched, is it because you watched Georgia just absolutely skull drag Ole Miss? <laughs> so it was, so here's what it, here's what it is. It's okay. So it's the way we beat Ole Miss and then it's the way Tennessee lost to Missouri. But then okay. all I can hear in my head is Kirby saying, 
You're never as good as you think you are after a win. And you're never as bad as you think you are after a loss. So then that's coming to my head. I'm like, okay. But then I go and I look at the last time, the last three times we went to Knoxville in 2021, we beat them 41 to 17 in 2019. We beat them 43 to 14. And in 2017, we beat them 41 to nothing. We've actually, we have, you know, we've hung up, we've scored over 40 points on these guys. Uh, the last three times we've been there. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. And then what brought me back down after I realized that John was hearing what Kirby had to say in today's press conference about how he wasn't happy with the team <laughs> practice on Tuesday. <laughs> it's like all these things are going through on. So I'm going to go back to kind of where I was initially. I've got the dogs winning this one 31 to 13. 31 to 13. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, man, I can see, I can see a number of scenarios with this ending up. My gut when I came into this was like 31, 21. And when I saw the, the scoring impact and I saw everything else, that's kind of where kind of where I've been leaning, but like, I don't know, man, this defense is starting to play really good, dude. Yeah. Um, they really are. Yeah. I, I want to go, I want to go 41 to, I want to go 41, 20, 41, 20. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I think that's a good, that's a good one. That's kind of, I mean, I was in the same kind of frame of mind as well. Uh, that's right around where I was when I looked at the history and realized we keep scoring 40 <laughs> on them when we're up there of late. So I would be all, all right with that. Wouldn't mind, uh, you know, like a defensive score. We, we, we talked about the Sean Jones one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shoot, man, the Eric Stokes sack where he absolutely leveled the quarterback and then shoot who picked that up. Uh, I mean, now I can't remember. It was um one of the one of the was it linebacker that who who, who who got no, no 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 who who got the onside kick or the, who caught the squib kick in the Rose Bowl in twenty seventeen he was a running converted running back and he was drafted he played he played for the uh, for the Giants I'm I'm blanking man Tay Crowder Tay Crowder yeah there you <sighs> go I can't yeah man sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just went way never, off track. I would never, I would never get that one. But <laughs> oh man. Okay. Anyways, sorry. So yeah, wouldn't wouldn't mind a defensive score either. Agreed. I um, wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind for um someone to to leave the press conference whistling "Good Old Rocky Top." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from from was uh, always good at rubbing it in at the on the balls. What a legend! So I did look around. Some some other games of interest. We like we said, not much going on in the SEC. You got Florida at Missouri. Um, I don't expect that to be much of a game. I brought I bring that up because I expect we will see another L added to Florida uh, when they go to Missouri. So there's that one. But I mean, the biggest one of the weekend is Washington at Oregon State. Could we see Washington uh, trip up and fall from the unbeaten ranks? Uh, they had a close one against Utah last week. Um, so I don't know. I don't think they will, but that's the only other like so top 25 matchup. I'm going to, I'm going to make a comment since you're, since you're talking about Washington and having them strip uh, trip up or whatever. Um, there is actually some pretty historical stuff going on in that regard with, um, you know, the, the folks at the top, if you will, mm -hmm. there are seven, 10 and O teams at this point. That's the most that this sport has seen since the BCS began in 1998. Really? 
There's seven 10 and 0 teams right now. Okay. Um, so that's the most teams. There are eight teams with at least 33% chance of winning the CFP right now with just three okay. weeks left. So the there's a couple of there's a couple of scenarios there, right? So you've got if you're a person that loves chaos, that is a scenario that could potentially present a lot of chaos. If mm-hmm. you're the person that is, you know screw you guys like the bcs is amazing like maybe there's still an argument there for you know not all 10 and 0 teams are created equal i personally sit in the uh, in the side of i don't feel that washington and oregon are as valued as they are hype if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um i don't think that they're as good as they're i don't think they're as good as they're being made out to be Got it. And I don't think that Michigan uh, in particular is as good as they've been advertised as well, given the fact that they have who they have played. I don't think that the Big Ten is very complicated at all. We have caught a lot of flack for our schedule, but as the chips have fallen where they may, right? Yeah. Um, Georgia's schedule has turned out to be pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, um, I haven't looked at Sa- where, where, where do we sit with Sagarin's or ratings or whatever right now on strength of schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are we ranking strength of schedule? Because I'm literally clicked on three different links, and they all have different. They all have different teams at the top. Like this one has like LSU at the top. Another one has Alabama. Like I don't. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like yeah. Georgia has um, three. Georgia has. Georgia's by the end, it, assuming they run the table, we'll probably end the season with the most, you know, top twenty-five wins on our on our resume, or at least among the top twenty-five wins in on our resume. But anyway, yeah. uh, you know, you look at all this, like the the strength of schedule and all that kind of stuff. So I just, I, I I'm not, I'm not sold on the Big Ten. I'm not sold on the pack uh, on the on the, you know, what's what is it, the pack. Pack twelve. It's, it's the Pack twelve right now, but it's not going to exist. It's going to be Pack <laughs> right. Pack no one next year. Pack no away. one. Yeah, Pack no one. Big twelve. I'm not. I'm not sold on any of them. I mean, the SEC has been. The SEC has been the consistent. Um, you know, if you're if you're ranking currency and things like that, you know, it's been it's been a solid dollar for a long time, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, I just I'm not sold. I'm not sold on anyone else outside of the SEC. Well, I'll, I know what uh, 51 to 7 GATA said when he stopped by the seats after the game was uh, Georgia and Alabama, best two teams in the country. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be. It had to be Georgia and Alabama to end the CBS broadcast situation. So, Which yeah. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to remind you that that's what I predicted preseason, but I'm going to remind you that that's what I predicted preseason. <laughs> I can't remember what I predicted preseason, but... Um... I I know of that course, you. Uh, of course, it has to be because I said it was her poetry. And sorry, Carter, but you said your poetry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. At least that's how I remember it. So, hey man, you know what? Uh, there's something to be said about there's something to be said about um, piling dirt on a on a dead corpse or whatever, uh, however you want to say it. So, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, you got anything? We'll get, we'll get to that review. We'll get to that review later. Sure, sure. Um, you do anything this weekend? I know neither of us are heading to Knoxville. You know, I was just thinking about that. Um, no, I'm not heading to Knoxville. <laughs> um, I was just thinking, I think, uh, I believe my wife has a bunch of uh, Santa sessions. 
Shout out Lindsay Powell Photography. If you're interested in Santa sessions, she's booking in the Marietta area. So if you'd like to get a little, if you'd like to get a little experience there, there I believe that she's got a handful of sessions that are that are still available. But she puts Heck together yeah. she puts together a nice little event at uh, at our studio here in Marietta. So if you're interested, um, let us know. I think that she's got that this weekend, if I remember correctly, because I, I believe that I've been tasked with um, getting a bunch of Christmas trees set up for for all that. So um, gotcha. I'll be doing that on Sunday, I believe. That okay. or I'll be doing it on Friday before. I can't remember. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to have a fire this weekend. Maybe, maybe pull the game outside. Um, mm. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. Need to check with a friend of the show, Kyle, um, neighbor, neighbor friend of mine, and, and we haven't, we haven't done a game outside, so we'll see. We do like all of our games outside generally um, <laughs> i mean so, you have the great setup for that i don't <laughs> yeah but so now with it so i was just checking the weather this weekend so high of 67 here in charlotte area low of 44 i might do that i might that, that might be a good light the fire during the day and watch the game mm. uh, we'll see we'll see so so your setup is great for it because you've got the, the chimney and it's covered and all that stuff i don't have yeah. I don't have the covering. So for me, when I put the game on outside with the fire and the lights and stuff, it should be okay with the timing this, you know, with daylight savings and all that stuff. But like the three thirty kickoffs are oftentimes, uh, are oftentimes like where, where I can, where I like to set up, set it up. Like the sun just kills the TV. So like, I can't, I can't it, 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 like, I actually, I actually have a, uh, a, a spot that my wife reminds me. It's like, you remember that day you, you left the TV outside at three 30 and it, it killed that one spot. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to be in the market for some new TVs here for, uh, for, for black Friday. So. Got it. Got it. Nice. Yeah, we, we have like a pretty wide open weekend. So most likely, uh, you know, make some bean dip, watch the game on the deck, light a fire, maybe do some s'mores after. So that would be nice. I will say something I didn't, uh, I actually didn't realize even in, until today because, you know, my parents were here last weekend. Kim and Ella and Lily got to actually have like the actual Pondo same as bean dip because my parents were here. So my mom, my mom made the bean dip uh, to be consumed at our house uh, for the old Miss game. So she made, we'll, we'll she, she made Panda's actual famous bean dip. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll make our version of it uh, for the game this weekend. So I like it. I like it. I'm going to do, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to channel, I'm going to channel a similar uh, situation there by going, uh, I, I may, I may go get some street tacos again because that worked <laughs> out pretty well for us. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Just don't go all the way to Jefferson to get them. I won't go to all the way to Jefferson. I know exactly where I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm either going to head up uh, Cobb Parkway, uh, right across from where we used to live in Kennesaw, or I'm going to head over to Franklin Gateway, which has got some really good tacos over by where Atlanta United trained. Nice. Nice. All right, man. Well, this is a fun one. Uh, always uh, always fun to go watch the watch the dogs uh, play in Knoxville. Hopefully uh, we can keep their band uh, quiet. And uh, don't have to hear Rocky Top too much. Uh, yes, I'd love to not hear Rocky Top. I'd love to. I'd love to see half the stadium burning and and empty. Love it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, it's from the land of dumpsters. So <laughs> it is the land of dumpster fires. So please oblige them. <laughs> uh, nice. Awesome, man. Well, um, you guys, you guys have a good weekend and uh, go dogs. <laughs> go dogs.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.